0: Yes, of course. Burl Bearer. <laughs> I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. I didn't supply the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to America's premier true crime podcast, broadcast, in generalized social irritants. True crime uncensored. I am the legendary Burl Bear. The man sitting next to me is not, as some would believe, my attorney. He is the brilliant and talented co-host and fact-checker, Mark Boyer. That's me. That's him. I can tell him from here. I'll tell you a lot more, too. I want to start today by saying you can't believe everything you read on the Internet. As usual, I was doing an ego surf on the Internet to see what people were saying about me. (laughs) And I came across a celebrity site that tells you all about your favorite celebrities. Well, being as I'm my own favorite celebrity, I decided to look myself up to see if I was in their database. And sure enough... I am. I'm now an official celebrity, Mark. In case you were worried, I was an unofficial
1: celebrity. Uh, I thought you were an official nut job. That's
0: true, too. Burl Bear was born August 8, 1947 in Walla Walla, Washington. He's an actor and a writer. Discover Burl Bear's biography, his age, height, physical stats, dating, affairs, family, and career updates. Learn how rich he is in this year and how he spends his money. (laughs) He must have talked to Raul. (laughs) Also learn if he earned most of his net worth at the age of 74 years old. So here we go. Occupation. Actor, writer. Yeah. I've been in about two movies in my entire life. Not a lot of TV shows, though, but I was playing myself. Didn't take much work. His net worth has been growing significantly, it says, in 2020 to 2021. How much am I worth? Well, Burl Bear's income source is mainly from being a very successful actor, it says here. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's news to me. We have estimated Burl Bear's net worth, money, salary, income, and assets as follows. Here we go. Brace yourself more than Joey's kids on Labor Day weekend. I'm worth $5 million. You are? What the yeah, hell according am I to them,
1: chicken for? Yeah,
0: I don't know why I'm borrowing money from you every week <laughs> to pay for my soda pops and my fried chicken. <laughs> Burl Bear's now worth one million to five million dollars. Most of it earned in the past year from my acting. Well, that shows to show what you can trust on the internet when it comes to reading about celebrities. I had a look up Magic Matt Allen. I wonder if he's on that same site. I will say not familiar with him. <laughs> Probably say he was. Well, I went to uh, my parents' grave in Walla Walla a few weeks ago when I wasn't here. I flew up to uh, the Northwest <laughs> when my father was buried. And because we're of the Jewish persuasion Easily persuaded
1: Happy New Year to ev- all Happy of our low, Yeah. Uh
0: On the f- one side of my father's gravestone Is the information in English On the flip side The B side shall we say Or the A side Depending on what which way you approach the gravestone It has the information in Hebrew However <clears throat> Banking on the fact that none of us could read Hebrew Although I could when I was 13 But that was a long time ago But my cousin Arnie he can read Hebrew. He looks at the back of my, or front, depending on my father's headstone, and goes, oh, look at this. So I go, what is it, Arnie? says, look at my father's gravestone. See, it's written in Hebrew there also. You notice the two are exactly the same? What this says in Hebrew is my father's information, not yours. They simply copied the Hebrew lettering from the next tombstone and put it on his. <laughs> your kid. No, fact. Well, we had to complain to the you no know, headstone manufacturing companies that uh, the information you have says this is uh, Israel Bear, not David Bear, and you have the wrong date of birth, wrong date of death, everything else. You simply copied the one next to it. Oh, so they fixed it. You can see where they erased the old Hebrew letters and put in new ones.
1: Oh, so they, they didn't give you a new stone. They just tried to fix the old one. Right. It must have taken a lot of white out.
0: <laughs> it wasn't white out, It was blackout, actually, because it was engraved, you know. Yeah. So they, it looks kind of funky, which is their way of saying, boy, did we screw up. Did
1: you follow the uh, the Jewish tradition and the an unveiling a year after the internment? What? <clears throat> when uh, when, a, when a Jewish person is buried. Yes. No, one year after the internment. Did
0: they come up? No. No. Oh. <clears throat>
1: no, that's in Japan.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's in Malaysia.
1: And they go back. You go back to the gravesite.
0: Yes. And you
1: have a ceremony to unveil the
0: headstone. Yes. One year later. Yes. Of course. And that's when we discovered that they had the information all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> here lies Lucy Pivnik. No, it's not Lucy Pivnik. It's David Baer. You shouldn't have copied the information on that other headstone. Well, we got that squared away. So yeah. we're here to talk
1: about something solemn
0: today. Something solemn today? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. With 9-11, this is a, by transcription. This is the date we're doing the show live and the date that uh, Magic Man Allen is recording it for our stupendous archi- archives of great programs available On Anchor FM, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podcast World, uh, wherever your podcasts are heard, we are superstars. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Much to our amazement.
1: So, Burrow, I'd like to ask you, uh,
0: where were you that morning? Ah, that morning I was preparing for the greatest job opportunity that I had had in years. Uh, Quality Assurance Inspector at a brothel? Uh, yeah. Uh, I had a lot of experience. That's a hell of a (laughs) job. It's a hands-on job. (laughs) Or it should be instead of a hands-on job. But in any event, uh, I had gotten together with my old employer, Shannon Sweat, working for Fisher Broadcasting. And Fisher Broadcasting decided that, yes, Burl Bear, you're a living legend, a true genius, and we'd like to pay you a lot of money to be an ongoing uh, paid consultant and uh, whatever for our fine organization because we have cable systems, we have TV, we have radio, all the things that you have great knowledge of, and we're going to hire you with a whole bunch of money. And you will go around to all these different uh, media outlets and kind of evaluate them, see how they can work more efficiently, more in tune with their audience, uh, how to up their money. Uh, this was a wonderful gig. Kind of modeled after one that, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy I helped get out of Walla Walla. <laughs> uh, uh, Ken Smith, is that his name? Ken Allen, whatever they were. Ken, I helped him get his gig in Seattle. So uh, I thought this was wonderful. I was going to have a kind of a dream job. And I was going to have uh, lunch for the finalization of this wonderful employment opportunity on September 11th. Guess what?
1: Yeah, it didn't
0: happen. No, the lunch was canceled and they canceled everything. The other great thing that was supposed to happen at that time is the deal with Harvey Weinstein (laughs) on Man Overboard, counterfeit resurrection of Phil Champagne from Miramax. It was all over except the signing of the documents for a big budget motion picture based on my brilliant book. Right. And I was going to get a lot of money and everyone was going to live happily ever after. But not after that date. Nope. Everything came to a screeching halt.
1: As uh, the late, great uh, former co-host of this show, uh, Howard Petis, uh, has said many times, it matters not what's on paper. Mm-hmm. It is not real until you see it on the big screen or on the
0: little screen. That's right. When you're sitting on your couch eating popcorn, watching your show on TV, that's when you know you got a show. Up to then, anything could happen. Focus. Yep. Had It Happen with the Saint, Saint of New Orleans, TV movie pilot, uh, written by myself. I wrote the screenplay, along with uh, William J. McDonald, and uh, our, our close personal friend who Matt loves having on the show, who hasn't been on the show in ages. Oh, Ian. Uh, what's his name? The guy with the ghosts. Oh, <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Oh, my mind just went blank. Matt, what's his name? You remember... The foppish guy with the ghosts? British yeah, guy. the guy who had the ghosts and everything. And, uh, he'd come on the show, and he'd talk about it. We went down to the dock, and there was this old fisherman. And it turned out the guy had been dead for 40 years and all that. He was on the show a lot back when he was uh, here in L.A. My mind suddenly went blank. Hmm. He's very funny, very funny guy. And you'll no love idea. to have him on. Uh, his name will come to me sooner or later. His son's a cop here in uh, L.A., He'd come here to visit his son and work with me and be on Outlaw Radio, which he was several times. We got a big kick out of it. But in any event, we wrote it. Uh, it was cast. We set up the office in New Orleans. And everything was going. We a pre production going. And I already got paid some of the money 12.5, uh, I believe. And uh, more coming. And our star, our lead actor. You know, Bobby? No, not Ian Ogilvie, Although we wanted a minute, uh, James Purefoy okay. says if this goes to series, I'm only going to do twelve episodes. <laughs> well, thanks a lot. The idea is to do seven years, <laughs> Got twelve episodes. That closed that production down. Right. Uh, yeah. Thanks a lot, Mr. Purefoy. They went and did a show uh, called the uh, I don't know the Rectifier, the Empire, the. Uh, Philanderers. <laughs> I'd have to look. Well, the philanthropists, know, yeah, recognize that. Uh, but it I, season, that's but sure. I wanted to say to all of
1: uh, all of those family members and friends of those that uh, we lost this day twenty years ago, our heartfelt,
0: uh, well, west best wishes. Yeah, that's a rough. One. I remember that. I remember waking up and turning on the TV just before the second plane hit but you know what really bothered me And I'm, as a fact checker I'd like you to check this out I can remember the guy on TV saying that oh, by an amazing turn of events we found the hijackers passports cleverly laying exposed on the dust below just now I don't How, where, where did they get the passports from the hijackers how do they find I, them? I've never heard that. I heard that. And I wasn't. But right away, my spidey sense went off and said, that's got to be complete bullshit. <laughs> there is no way that they're going to find those passports conveniently arranged hmm. on the ground below. And I'm like, something's here. So I uh, I was
1: uh, working for uh, a uh, savings and loan out here in Los Angeles. Yeah. And I would usually arrive a little around a little before seven thirty. Uh, and it was a it was a pleasant uh, forty five minute schlep. So I was I was I would get up early, mm-hmm. you know, take a shower. Oh, not that the bad. TV would be on, and <clears throat> I'm drying off. Yeah. When I hear when I hear we interrupt this program, and so I you know wander in dripping wet, and I wander in as I watch the building on fire and people running around and nobody knows what's going on and then we watched the second plane Mm -hmm. and I essentially didn't move from the edge of my bed for a couple of hours
0: Mm -hmm. (coughs) the weird a lot of weird things about that people still wonder how is it that the BBC and this is verified you can even actually watch the video of it and they admit it did complete coverage of the bringing down of the um, the other building, not their building. Yeah. Twenty minutes before it happened, and it always became a big question: is how did you do complete coverage of the bringing down of that building? <laughs> the reporter is standing there with the building still standing behind him.
1: Talking about Building Seven.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the explanation given by uh, those involved with the BBC said. Well, we got the basic information that it was coming down ahead of time. And information was kind of sketchy, but we kind of filled in the blanks. And we just got confused and talked about it 20 minutes before it happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, see, people who think the whole thing is a sham or is some government involved, they say, see, that proves they got confused and just read the script too early. Mm-hmm. And BBC says, no, we just got confused and told the story too early. We already had the press release information, and we did it in the past tense when the building was still standing there. Boy, they demol- demolished that thing in a hurry. That number seven. God. How did that happen?
1: Well, according to some celebrities, uh, uh, the fire melted steel. Did it? Yeah, which, which you know, couldn't happen.
0: Couldn't happen? According to some celebrities. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I met Melwood Steele, the guy who had the anti-balding serum.
1: Well, apparently there is one.
0: Yeah, an anti-balding serum. They
1: have the, what's it called? A
0: Yeah, but but that only works for the round bald spot on the top of your head. And if you don't have a round bald spot on the top of your head, give yourself one and then try it and see if it works. (laughs) No. Just shave off, you know, all those Friar tuck guys, you know, that's what Robin Hood would the friar on the bridge. Right. That chicken won, I think.
1: <clears throat> so, what? Uh, what do you think about what they have the uh, the planning and organization?
0: Planning and organization. That, that attack went through. Didn't? They did a great job. I mean, if you were on their side and you thought they knew what they were doing, as far as strategy goes, they only made a couple tragic errors. I mean, from their standpoint. From what I understand, they thought the United States of America would have the same response to this as they did to the attack in Lebanon and the one somewhere else where, like, when 124 people were killed, the U.S. withdrew their forces. 214. 214
1: withdrew their forces.
0: Yeah, and we left Lebanon. We left Lebanon. They thought that would do the same thing and pull us out of uh, wherever the hell we were, Afghanistan, whatever. They were wrong.
1: Well, ben, ben Laden was obviously naive. Yeah. About about the U.S. and its resolve, they considered us a paper tiger. Paper tiger.
0: And that's—they're not the first people. They were first uh, people who have the uh, nefarious attitudes—they had the same this, opinion.
1: This wasn't the first attack on the trade that the
0: twin. Tigers. No, second wasn't second one.
1: This is the second. Yes, there was a one where they tried to. Uh, bring the building down by blowing up the parking structure underneath the building.
0: Did that work? No.
1: Uh, it killed a number of people and uh, severely damaged the building,
0: but it didn't bring it down. No. At least you brought it down this time. What I always thought was amazing to me, and it was here on outlaw radio on my Matt Allen show, that we had Professor Scott Bond, who's been a guest several times on this show, as well. His first book was actually his. Uh, Doctorate dissertation, which was uh, uh, also the, I can see the book in my mind: mass deception, mass deception, and the invasion of Iraq. The minute he heard, all of a sudden, this rhetoric about Iraq, with the use of the word evil in it, as a sociologist, he knew something was up, because you only use the term evil. It's a buzzword. It's a whistle, dog whistle. It means you can't reason with them. we got to go to war. And uh, they started going on and on about the evil this, the evil that. About, of all strange people, if you stop to think about it, Saddam Hussein and Iraq. Iraq not only had nothing to do with 9-11...
1: Well, it was, uh, it was <coughs> Al-Qaeda.
0: Yeah, and he didn't and like Al-Qaeda at all.
1: Saudi nationals.
0: He didn't like that at all. He didn't like the terrorists in Iran. He, in fact, he saw himself as the safety valve, the great protector of the world from the terrorists in Iran. And so to say that he was like linked in with Al-Qaeda and all that just really was totally, completely off the mark. Made no sense because he was well known to hate those guys. So as some comedian, sometimes you have to go to comedians to get some accurate information, said that makes perfect sense. We're attacked by, uh, you know, uh, Saudi Arabians. And, uh, you know, these terrorists have absolutely nothing to do with Iraq. So what do we do? Let's invade Iraq and take away the uh, safety zone for Israel because he was blocking any uh, stuff from Iran coming through. And he was very worried about being attacked by Al Qaeda and uh, himself. So uh, that was just really bizarre of all, of all places to invade Iraq. Um, but we did. <laughs> and uh, I hope we finally got out of there. In Iran on 9-11, there were people, took, thousands, thousands of people took to the street in mourning, in sympathy with the USA. Because, you know, just because a country gets taken over by nutcases, nutcases doesn't mean that the population agrees with it. <laughs> They haven't been too happy, I think, under the uh, various ayatollahs. They did have a democratically elected president in Iran. Remember that, yes. Bonnie Sauter? He was a good guy. Supposedly, they're going to have an election, have a democratically elected president. Things were going to be like the USA. They were bottling themselves after that. And uh, everything would be cool. Well, he got elected. And he said, hey, how come the clergy's trying to run the damn country when I just got elected president? And he said, we'll kill you. <laughs> in words such as that. And he got the hell out. He had to get out to save his life. And uh, he has written some wonderful articles worldwide about the need for peace and understanding and not, you know, and very anti-terrorism stuff. He really thought his country was getting on the right path by having a democratically elected president until he found out the religious fanatic clergy who just wanted him to be, I'm your puppet. He didn't want to be the puppet. He didn't want to be Popo the puppet. Pulling the strings, marionette. Ain't one yet. Motha Hoople. Off the Hoople album. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you not familiar with Motha Hoople, that's your problem, not mine. So I have a... What, is it contagious? Yes, it is. I have a riddle for you. All right, riddle me this.
1: Okay. Uh, Two sticks, a dash, and a cake, and a stick down. What is it? Uh,
0: Two sticks... A dash. A dash.
1: And a cake with a stick down. What is it?
0: A cake. A cake. Mm-hmm. C-A-K-E? Yes. Oh, that's easy. That's the date of the planned terrorist attack on the United States, September 11th. That is correct. Yeah, I have no dumbbell. See, the answer was inherent and obvious from the two sticks. Yes, the number 11. Number 11. You got that right away. And how was that riddle used, Mr. Fact Checker?
1: Uh, That was how the person in the U.S. who was coordinating the attacks uh, in charge passed the information along so it could get back to Bin Laden
0: through other surreptitious routes. Yeah. Well, they used to have that, you know, encryption you use on your bank statements or whatever (laughs) online with 126-bit Encryption, you know about all that stuff. Yes, I do. Then answer me this, Mr. Encryption. I have an account with ProtonMail.com. Congratulations. Which they encrypt everything, coming and going. Yes. I get uh, an email from a, a website wants to verify my email. All you do is click on the link. Right? Well, you've seen those. Yes, especially with that. Except ProtonMail couldn't decrypt <laughs> the message that they encrypted. What the hell use is having all this fancy-ass encryption if they can't decrypt their own encryption?
1: Uh, I'd have to see the specific example, but... Uh,
0: I'll gladly show you on your laptop. So I couldn't verify my email because the email was encrypted and the email couldn't decrypt their own encryption.
1: Um, There's something called uh, 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 public key encryption. Mm. And that's (coughs) where the... uh, the decryption code is distributed. The encryption code is distributed. It's not. So anyone can encrypt the document, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But only those who are authorized to decrypt it have the key to decrypt. And that's a public key cipher. Well, all I know is... <clears throat> and that would be uh, PGP would be one example... Uh, any uh, any of the uh, encryption through the internet
0: would be that way well, encrypted out, encrypted in they couldn't decode the message that I'm supposed to click on to verify I'm me does that sound right to you? I wrote a nasty note well I said kindly, but nasty note to ProtonMail.com saying you brag about your encryption, decryption that no one could read my mail but you didn't mention that no one included me That's a subtle point. You know, we thought that the Internet would give us a great amount of information, which it does if you know how to look for it. But people who want to give you misinformation do a wonderful job of clogging your search engines. Like if you put in, who shot Abraham Lincoln, and they want you to think it was William H. Macy, they will post 8,000 different sites claiming William H. Macy. Killed Abraham Lincoln, and so you go to do a search on who killed Lincoln, and that's all that comes up with, unless you go to like page ten. That's interesting. I thought it was Matthew McConaughey. Oh no, no, close. He was backup. He was escape. He was getaway driver. <laughs> <laughs> there's so Oh, there's one the Nazi site. I like going to the Nazi sites, which probably has probably has the Department of Justice on my ass. I want to read what kind of garbage they're saying, right? And there's one whole thing about uh, uh, the Lindbergh baby. Ah,
1: uh, yes.
0: And uh, how that was the Jews or something. <laughs> Just this bizarre, you know, rant. And it has. Uh, it the front door. There's someone knocking at my front door. That's Alexa. She's.
1: Laurie well, is here.
0: Oh, hi, Laurie. <laughs> no, she's in the house. Oh, she's in the house, but uh, Alexi thinks. So. Yes. Alexi. How many. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Uh, 12.5 kilos. Is that right, Alexa? No idea. Alexa, how many. <laughs> Please stop. Please stop. <laughs> stop. Okay. I just thought I'd find out how much that. I'm Rick James, bitch. How many. How <laughs> much she thinks she knows? Rick James is gone now, by the way. Ah. Uh. He really had, what's her name, chained to the uh, radiator. Linda Blair. I thought that was just a vicious rumor, but I talked to someone in the know, and they said it was Linda Blair, the uh, young actress from The Exorcist, that Rick James had chained to the radiator. Did you ever see a black snake moan? Yes, I did. With uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson. So, uh,
1: the young lady was also chained
0: to so. yeah, That's right. And when she got married, she had a chain... Uh, on her wedding dress. Yes.
1: That was the most bizarre.
0: That was, a, that was a cool movie, though. The other cool movie is Hard Candy. You seen Hard Candy?
1: Was that with the uh, the uh, SCTV crew?
0: No, no, no. Hard Candy huh. stars what's her name it just became a guy? Uh, Caitlyn Jenner. No, 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 no. That's the other way around. <laughs> you got it backwards. Uh, oh, oh, um... she's cute. He's cute. Uh, uh, she,
1: she did the uh, Umbrella Academy, uh, where <laughs> she was uh, give. You know, she was giving her baby up for adoption.
0: No, I missed that one. Uh,
1: what's her name? Come on, Ellen Page.
0: Ellen Page. That's yes, right. Like. Yes, that was her big hit. Oh, the movie
1: where she was uh, young girl. Who oh,
0: oh, pregnant. oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juno. Yes, Juno. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Is in that too.
1: So what? Did you, so <laughs> it you, you was. You were sitting and watching it. what had happened. Yeah. And the world, came, uh, our world, came to a standstill for a yeah. while. How did how did the events change your life?
0: Well, I didn't get that gig with Fisher. Right. I didn't get the movie made with Harvey Weinstein. I just had to go on playing the hits, writing books. <clears throat> I have uh, I have a cousin. Yeah. Who uh, went to Fordham.
1: And she had interviewed on the 72nd floor with a law firm on Friday afternoon. For Ooh. A job. And when she got home back to her apartment, um, she was living uh, house sitting or, or apartment sitting for family friends that were in Europe. Mm. And so she had this gorgeous place uh, mm. for nothing. And they had left a message for her saying that uh, they decided to offer her the position. Oh. That was Friday. She was supposed to report at 10 a.m. that morning. Oh. At the World Trade Center? Everyone in that law firm perished. Ouch.
0: That day. Everyone that was there. Oh, boy. Reminds me, my mind is strange, I think, from the head injury. I think,
1: you're, I think you're just strange, period. But well,
0: that may be true.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why you're wearing the tutu. Um, why wearing you know, the tutu? Well, because it said they
0: didn't call. know my dress size on the celebrity yeah. site. Now we can correct it. This, for some reason, I just have to go with, with inspiration. When I was working at KOL Radio for the great, late, great Dick Curtis, who was general manager, program director, jack of all trades, he, a guy wanted to blackmail him. Uh, Dick had a sexual tryst at a motel with someone. Actually, someone who uh, I also had <laughs> a tryst with, I believe. I'm not sure. But in any event, he gets a phone call. Is this Dick Curtis? Yes, it is. I got pictures of you with so-and-so at the Hot Springs Motel. You know, that I took through the window with a high-powered lens. All the actions recorded on my eye. I have all these pictures of you with flagrant sexual delecti with Miss So-and-So. Thinking very quickly, Curtis says. Oh, wow, man, that's fantastic. You can keep the originals, but can I have some copies? My wife loves that stuff. <laughs> the guy hung up the phone and he never heard from him again. <laughs> ah, what that has to do with it, I don't know. But Dick Curtis is gone now. His best friend was Paddle Day. Was also no longer with us. He's also, yeah, they, it's kind of like a husband and wife thing where one dies and the other one dies right afterwards. I'll tell you, uh, this is a radio story, which Matt likes radio stories, and the rest of you probably don't, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Pat O'Day and Dick Curtis were offered a great deal of money to go to work for the company that owned KOL. Pat was running KJR, the big rock station in Seattle. KOL wanted to be their big competitor. So they thought it would be great, cool if they could hire away both the two biggest names, the two hottest programmers, the most savvy broadcasting guys in town, and hire them to work KOL. And so here was the deal. They were hiring both Paddle day and Dick Curtis. One would be general manager, they other would be program director Interchangeable, and they'd rule the universe of rock and roll in Seattle, Washington. So they all get together for a uh, contract signing at uh, someone's home. I was Curtis's home or... O days around, sitting in the backyard, pass the contracts around, and Pat's looking at his, got his pen in his hand, and he's watching everybody else, and everybody else has signed. And Pat goes, I've decided not to sign. <laughs> you go, What? There's no, you don't need me. You got Dick Curtis, you don't need me. This'll be fun. <laughs> and that was that. So you have the two best friends running the two competing rock stations in Seattle. And they'd battle it out all day long. And at 5 o'clock, they'd get together for drinks. <laughs> uh, it uh, wasn't well, in the place of the shipwreck room. Well, he had sound effects. You could press a button to there'd be sound effects of a shipwreck. <laughs> and the whole room would shake. Yeah. That was an exciting time. But the uh, the whole terrorist thing. There's a show on Netflix that I have not watched yet that is on my agenda.
1: Right.
0: On... After 9-11, how the, uh, they decided to violate all known laws <laughs> in America and start doing uh, domestic surveillance at a level that was basically prohibited.
1: Oh, the Patriot Act?
0: Yeah. And uh, that was it'd be real scary stuff. And I don't know, is that still in effect? Do they still have all that going on? Uh, most of it, yes. The other big one was... Uh, COINTELPRO uh, COINTELPRO Pro is a program where if we don't like what you're doing, we're going to infiltrate it make you look like terrorists <laughs> which they successfully did with uh, during the civil rights uh, movement, and the anti-war movement. They'd uh, have agents become members of these groups and then on purpose commit acts of violence the group would never think of doing so that they could be labeled as you know, domestic terrorist groups. Even though the terrorism was actually conducted by our fine federal government in order to discredit them. Uh, Cointel Pro kind of evaporated after the uh, I guess it would be the Nixon-esque era. Bush brought it all back. Which also raises all sorts of questions. You don't know what's Pro and what isn't. Makes it hard to discern. Now if time goes by and people start to admit stuff, like, the reason we uh, had that big upsurge in Vietnam, we got Vietnam War, is because the uh, the attack on American ships, uh, which never happened. And the weird thing is, and this is a real moral dilemma for journalists, the journalists covering all this at the time knew it was complete BS. But if they said so, they would be labeled as unpatriotic. So do they tell the truth that, no, there was no Bay of Tonkin invasion. It's never happened. No, they went right along with it. It wasn't until years later when someone asked President Johnson about it, Gulf of Tonkin incident, he said, ah, could just have a bunch of dolphins down there for all we know? It never happened. But how many people died in that, because of that BS? you may have you start to wonder after a while. You know how much do we know, and how much do we believe isn't even true, and does it matter? It's all very strange. There's a lot of those nine uh, eleven uh, truther groups out there saying, you know, all oh, the government did this, and uh, George Bush's uh, cousin ran the uh, whatever.
1: Well, there's uh, there 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 are nuts out there that <coughs> that you know think that the that. The, you know, the American intelligence community orchestrated the attacks as a uh, fundraising. The fundraising game? Kind of selling selling cakes (laughs) or having a donut sale? The aforementioned celebrity who remained nameless, who came out right away calling it the whole thing a conspiracy. And that Tower 7 couldn't have collapsed because it was on fire.
0: They brought it down. Yes, very quickly. Yeah, amazingly it was, enough, it was, it was demolished so quickly. How far in advance did they plan that demolition? Thirty-five minutes, and all of a sudden, it's going down. Uh, knowing how long
1: it takes the Luwazo brothers to uh, work a structure for demolition—six to nine months.
0: Six to nine months, and six yet they were able months, to pull this all together in about forty-five minutes. You know,
1: they have you know they have all these uh, uh, structural engineers. They figure out point loads and load bearings uh, and where to... And then they proceed to demolish the building by hand to weaken it. Yeah. Uh, support structures are weakened where the so that it'll fall in the correct location. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of work and time and planning.
0: Then how the hell did they do it in that short amount of time? They did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I want to know. All of a sudden... Guess what? We've decided to bring down that building. We just made that uh, decision 15 minutes ago. Oh, there it goes. That, that has always kind of irked me.
1: Well, and interesting if you've been watching some of the documentaries that have been out recently. Um, when they were constructing the building, the towers, they had subcontracted for the fireproofing of the steel structure, internal steel structure. Real. It turns out they hired the uh, uh, the head of an underling of the of the mafia who was in charge of the longshoremen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Makes sense because uh, he owned you know he owned the legit the air and air quotes legitimate business. And essentially, what they did is they just kept the money and did as shitty a job as they could possibly do. And as they were building, the fireproofing would just... You know, they would be riveting on our mm-hmm. next floor. And then everything would start flaking off.
0: Really? Because so the you know, vibrations would just knock it down.
1: Well, they had to go and remove all of the bad stuff and hire another contractor.
0: Oh. <laughs> but he'd already paid for the first one. Yes. Sounds typical.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, it, it, when the head of the uh, crime family... Found out that he was that this guy was skimming mm-hmm. and not passing some of that along. Uh, that they, they had him executed. Of course, what brought the whole thing to light. So when when this fella got uh, got whacked, the the news picked up on it, and then it all came out that the fireproofing was worthless.
0: Nice to know you can trust. If you can't trust a New York contractor, who can you trust? <laughs> That's yeah, like an that old Maverick episode. If you can't trust your banker, who can you trust? Which reminds me, yeah. slight digression, go to bank. Green dot bank, well, their operating names. I'm getting these overdraft notices from them. Which could be easily fixed simply by putting money into the account. Well, I have been trying to put money into that account ever since they first told me that there wasn't sufficient funds. I had the funds to put a transfer in there. So minute I hear this, bam. Go online, transfer this money into that account instantly. Sorry, there was an error. Try again later. I tried again later all day, all night, Marianne. Now they're giving me the overdraft fees of $15 each because I haven't added money. And I've been trying to add money. <laughs> Sorry, there's an error. Try again later. You think I'm going to pay him that 15 bucks? No. But nice letters going to the SEC.
1: <laughs> I had, uh, there was a small... Uh financial institution in the inland empire 40 years ago and they had a promotion uh <clears throat> for families to bring their children's children in or oh, to open accounts to you know so they could learn how to save money oh and, yes and they offered you know you open the account and if you deposit a hundred dollars um, we'll give you 200 for free oh, wonderful so they go out and open accounts for the two kitties. Yeah. Right. So they deposit $200, one in each, and they have 400 They each have $300. Right. Right. A month goes by and they get a note, a letter, saying that there's insufficient funds in the account. Impossible. And so they go to the branch and they go, well, where, where's the money? I said, well, you didn't have enough funds and there's a penalty. Penalty was two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> there was nothing in the disclosure documents that said that there was a minimum balance requirement of five hundred dollars, and no one uh, at the branch passed that information along to them. So they, uh, yeah, argued and 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 you know complained and. They want to get the $50 that was left out, and they wouldn't let him take it. <laughs> uh, and so they were, we were at a family gathering and talked about this. And I said, well, crap, why haven't you called an attorney by now? And now I go, what? And I, so I put them in touch with a, a relative on the other side of my family who's an attorney. Uh, and he looked over everything and sent them a the bank, of lovely note. I'm sure he did. Kansas, Come <laughs> get us. And so he went to the, he was, um, uh, had worked for the head of the Superior Courts mm. in Orange County as a legal assistant when he started his career. So he contacted him and he contacted the SEC. The SEC came down for, you know, an
0: audit. And lo and behold, the money was restored. Isn't that amazing! It's the most astonishing thing, you know. I had to do something similar just recently uh, on the EDD. My daughter uh, had EDD money coming, So they suddenly decided they wanted a re-verification of her identity because there had been so much fraud on the EDD. They right. so wanted to make sure she was really who she said she was. Yeah. Well, one of the things they want you to have is photo identification, like a driver's license or a passport. Well, my daughter had a driver's license. But because of COVID-19 and all that, she didn't have a picture ID. And they kept just stalling off on that. So finally, we go to DMV, kept repeated visits to the DMV. And there was always some other hang-up. Oh, you will oh, all fine from uh, this, from that. Oh, we forgot to tell you about. Kept delaying, delaying, delaying. Meanwhile, the deadline's getting closer, 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 right? Because September 4th, everything ended. You had to, you know, if you had it never by then, you were screwed. We're rapidly approaching it. Turns out the DMV says that they mailed her uh, driver's license with a picture on it over a month earlier, which she never received. It's amazing that a phone call from my daughter to the Senator Hirschberg's office <laughs> saying, uh, I got a problem. Here it is. This is the situation. Will you please check into this? <laughs> There's nothing like getting a phone call and a letter from a senator in the state of California saying, what the hell are you doing? Where the hell's her money? Bottom line, not only was she... They go, oh, gee, we're so... so." First they gave her erroneous information, told her all sorts of things she had to do that she didn't have to do. They get another letter, phone call from the senator's office. Finally they go, "Uh, we think maybe we had better just do this right. (laughs) Not only did they rush through the verification of my daughter with her valid driver's license, which they got her. But as the thing was coming to a screeching halt, a screeching close, they even went so far as they Western Unioned, my daughter, money <laughs> from from her claim because she didn't have the card. They had to issue a new card and it wouldn't be there in time. Right. The Western Union, her money in $500 increments every day. (laughs) But the thing is, if you don't do something, you can't just let them walk all over you. If they're screwing with you and you think there's something wrong, you know, maybe there is something wrong. And she got hold of uh, Senator Herzberg's office and got a guy on it. And wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. All of a sudden, things changed. Why, Miss Bear, we're more than happy to give you your money. Well, there's Ralph Odiarda. Well, did you work for the bank? I don't work for no? a bank. No? You want to go to work for a bank.
1: Uh, we're talking about 9-11, Ralph. Where were you there uh, this morning, 20 years ago?
2: I was actually getting up and uh, putting on the morning news when I found out. And since the majority of my family lives in New York, I called mm, them. Yeah. But I came in here, Burrell, uh, to ask you a question about that day 20 years ago. There is a congresswoman out of... Michigan, who said some people did some things on that day. Do you agree with her?
0: Do you agree with her? Do you, no, I didn't say Jew.
2: <laughs> that, that would be Yom Kippur next uh, week. But yeah. do you New agree Year. with the congresswoman that said some people did some things on that day? And, well, and that's you, a pretty broad question. And No, no, no. And do you know who that congresswoman who uh, Ralph is referring to happens to be? No, I have no idea about any of that. That would be uh, yeah. congresswoman Omar from... Yeah. from uh, D- the Detroit area. No, I'm not familiar so with So who, who do you think was at fault that day, Burlboro? At fault in what apartment? N- knocking down the buildings. Uh, guys in the airplane. And who were those m- gentlemen being? They were terrorists, Well, From where? Uh, Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. So the Muslim terrorists. Well, I don't know what their religions were, but I'm willing to no, say. No, they were Muslim. No they were Muslim. But why do we have an issue saying that? I don't. Well, I don't. Because understand it gives
0: that. the impression, a false impression, that terrorism is somehow inherent
2: within the Muslim faith, which it is not. If if an American blew up a, uh, a, 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 a which was I was like a mosque in yeah. Saudi Arabia, would they say an American did it? If he was an American, yeah. So what is
0: what is wrong with saying? The difference between saying an American did it and a member of the First Presbyterian Church of Los Angeles did it.
2: If they did it because of the religion of the First Presbyterian Church and they took the v- vow of saying, uh, uh, what is that, uh, God is great, so Akbar Allah.
0: Allah Allah, Allah Akbar, right. yeah, God is great. So yeah. why
2: do we have an issue with that? Because the faith of Islam does not teach that behavior. In
0: fact, exactly the opposite if you study the history of Islam.
2: are you talking, You're talking about the Quran here?
0: I, yes, I have several copies. And uh, the Quran always, doesn't
2: say death to the infidels? What's an infidel? A non believer. No. What's an infidel,
0: Earl? An infidel is someone of your faith who turns against the faith and does something drastic to it. My, my, my Ralph, despite whatever political polemics you have, I have over 30
2: years of studying the Quran. So, you know, you're you're not quite on equal footing here. No, I know because I am uh, above you on this because I can actually say it was an Islamic terrorist. Oh, they were,
0: they were terrorists. Absolutely. But COVID. you
2: can't say Islamic terrorists. The reason I don't say that is because it implies
0: that they were following the faith of Islam when they were about as they far cli- away from They claimed to. Right. They
2: claim to be Islamic. Right. But I don't think they were any more Islamic than. uh, So you, a descendant of the God of Abraham, disagrees with a descendant of the God of Abraham. Abraham. Well, (laughs) yes, I might say so.
0: I'm allowed to disagree. That's right. From my standpoint, so you know exactly where I'm coming from, I truly and firmly believe that Muhammad, back in the 600s, was indeed a messenger of God like Abraham, Moses, etc. And I have read his teachings extensively, and studied them extensively, and noted in his behavior, especially in terms of avoiding any sort of physical conflict, the way Mecca was taken without, without any sort of warring activity whatsoever, that his dedication was not to kill people, but to keep that from happening. Khalid al-Wahid, who was against him, and was so frustrated by the fact that Muhammad kept outsmarting
2: him in terms of having some sort of a battle. So... You have an agreement with Mohammed, but people who follow Mohammed, you can't say, as they say, they were acting in their faith. I think they're nuts. Now you have Christian terrorists. You say that, you oh, But you can say Christian terrorists. I can say Christian terrorists. Right. But you can't say Islamic terrorists. I, well, you have a good point there. I'll give you that. Okay.
0: Now, the reason is that these people claim to be Christians, and they're terrorists. I think terrorism is, anti, is, is antithesis of Christianity. But that doesn't mean there aren't Christian terrorists. Well, it depends on defending Christians. You mean one who actually follows the teachings of Jesus, or do you mean for
2: ease of identification in a news broadcast? It's a person that claims they are, are acting within their faith right. as a terrorist to that. Now, you can disagree that they are acting outside of their faith, but they don't. That's true. I will give you that. Okay. So we're in agreement. Okay. So can you say Islamic terrorists? Islamic terrorists, Look meaning at they claim to be
0: Islamic, but from it's my so standpoint, hard. they're not... It's a Jewish terrorist. I bet go, ah, what's a Jewish terrorist? What's a Roman Catholic terrorist? Well a
2: Buddhist terrorist? Well, if so, I will tell you what a, I don't think it was Roman Catholic. It was probably evangelical, so it was a Christian terrorist. It was the ones that were blowing up the uh, abortion centers in the name of oh, yeah. Christianity. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have no problem calling that person a Christian terrorist. I can tell you also that I disagree vehemently in their actions, but I have no problem calling a spade a spade. I mean, if he's not as paid,
1: You also have to be careful to separate those that believe they are acting uh, in accordance with their faith and those that merely use it as a subterfuge uh, to justify their actions. Very good. When
2: you have an entire culture, the Taliban, for Mm -hmm. example, who acts on their interpretation, I'll bend a little bit to Burl, on Sharia law. That is not just a few people that did a few things. hmm Oh yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is that people say, well, Sharia laws, says this, Sharia law says that
0: same thing with Judaism, we go back and look at the Judaic Laws. You'll know, uh, even except the most Orthodox you think about on a very superficial level, as far as doing this, not cutting the, the hair on the side of the you know, the pains, all that. Especially amazes me because of my study of Christianity, study of Jesus, here is a messenger who is telling people Ah oh, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Don't be so hung up on literalism. Is what's the spiritual intent of this? You know, uh, all good stuff, all positive, loving, kind, blah blah blah. And yet people would take that as a uh, a go ahead to kill people who weren't. You know what I mean? Sort to switch gears, gears here. Uh, you
2: you don't believe that uh, that we deserved what we got then 20 years ago?
0: No one deserves that. No, no, I do no. Did we deserve that in any way, shape, or form? No. All right. Why would we? What <laughs> would we? <laughs> what? Why would we? I I cannot, in my mind. That was, imagine uh, Magic Matt uh, asking the question. That was Magic Matt. <clears throat> of course not.
2: Uh, yeah, I certainly need acknowledgment on this show. <laughs> and and you? Help. And you also believe the planes took down the towers? It looks like it. Yep.
1: <laughs> it does look well. It depends, you know, because you know, fire can't melt steel. You know that.
0: Thank well, you very thanks much. Thanks for joining in. It's always a pleasure to have you.
1: It's hey, always uh, a
2: pleasure we had.
1: Hey, Ralph, what's next?
2: We have Outlaw Radio oh, coming no, up. Oh, not Outlaw Radio. We do. they're real outlaws and Outlaw Radio. The crime the, what de- the, the they demons commit? will be led by <laughs> Magic Man Allen. Also. Known